If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday morning. Heat wave down here in San Diego. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has experienced a heat wave. I kind of like it, uh, you know. Uh, warm weather, high 70s, beautiful to me, watching baseball. Baseball is back, so it's nice to get that feeling of baseball and the warm weather. So, yeah, uh, summer is upon us, and I guess down here in San Diego, we really only have, like, two seasons. We have, like, light you know, spring, and then we have like summer because it really kind of just fluctuates between those two. Although it does get pretty cold at night here in San Diego. Um, as always, give him a minute for everyone to hop on as usual uh, for this. And um, do, 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 do. I was going to have some announcements. Yes. Uh, announcements that I need to make before we get started with today's show. Uh, I am blanking. I don't know. I had all these announcements that I had to say. Uh, first off, I updated the mug. Um, that if you haven't purchased one yet, I um uh, I fixed the lettering so it pops a little bit more. So, um, that's pinned right here. So I think I pinned it right. Didn't I pin it? Yeah, I pinned it. Um, so if you're you've been thinking about getting a mug, I updated it so it has a little bit more pop to it. So you can definitely get that. You can check it out. Uh, by clicking on the link or the link in my bio, and you can get it there as well. Um, I want to thank everybody who tunes in, as always, regularly. Uh, if you do tune in regularly or you're an audio listener, you're all listening to this on the audio podcast, um, I just want to ask that you share it and share it with your friends. It helps spread the word. That always helps grow the platform, grow what, uh, what we're doing here. Um, like all this stuff, like, the mugs and that stuff, that stuff honestly just goes back into investing back into the show and making the platform better. Like this microphone was purchased thanks to people who had bought stuff and, and purchased and, and all that. So thank you for that. It, it all goes to support the show. Uh, it's not like I'm going to Vegas or something and blowing the money. All of it goes to support the show, grow it, make it better, make it bigger, spread the word. Um, Awesome. See, progressive left-leaning people are starting to follow. That's awesome. That's the point of it's the the point of this was always to to give a space, to give a faith space that people could come and hear different points of views and feel like they are, uh, you know, that they feel like they're heard, that they feel like they can talk about stuff. That, because in California, it's so hard to talk about a lot of these things without feeling like people are going to be like. Oh my gosh, are you a Trump supporter? Oh my gosh, are you like a Republican? Are you a right winger? Oh my gosh. Um, so that's the point of this. Um, this week's podcast uh, is going to be about the LA mayoral race. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. I don't know if it's going to happen late tomorrow or Friday afternoon. I have an event tomorrow, so I'm trying to figure out when I can squeeze in that podcast. Um, and I think that's about it for... It is so taboo. Yeah, it is very taboo. So I think that's all the announcements I have for today. Uh, trying to think of anything else that... Nope, that's about it. Obviously, if there is other comments or questions... I just hit my lamp. My Italian gesturing with my hands caused me to hit my lamp. 
Um, anyone who's Italian understands, you, you know, the old joke, how do you shut up an Italian? You tie their hands behind their back because then they can't use their hands to talk. Uh, so today's top topic um, that I'll get to all your comments and questions. Obviously, I want to go off the top of the show. We're going to talk about uh, Gavin Newsom's fatuation obsession with um, Florida. And, you know, Florida and Texas, really. Um and he seems to be kind of obsessed with being the counterbalance to a lot of these, uh, a lot of what the, these states are doing. So Texas and Florida are doing a lot of things. Um, and now uh, I know that he's trying to pass legislation similar to uh, what they were doing in Texas regarding abortion law. So now he's trying to flip it on like gun owners. Um, and making gun owners liable that basically you could be like a civil, you can bring a civil lawsuit um, and you could basically be like an independent prosecutor. You can bring charges against them in a civil court, file a lawsuit. Basically, everyone's turned into like their own civ civilian police force when it comes to uh, in Texas, it's abortions here, it's guns. So he's trying to use that logic and we'll see how far it gets. I don't know if it'll ever get challenged. I mean, the, there is a right to the Second Amendment and to, to gun ownership. It doesn't stop California from doing as much as possible to stop that um, from happening. But um, he's he's kind of done that as well. In addition to uh, other things, he seems to be obsessed with Florida. He seems to really be obsessed with Florida. I'll get to why I think it is. And I'm sure you could all figure out why he keeps going after Florida in particular. There's a couple reasons, but we could talk about that. Um and there's, there's, he seems to be going back and forth. It seems to be he focuses a lot on Florida. And I posted this the other day on my story where I said, this guy doesn't seem to understand that he briefly mentioned some sort of gas rebate, gas tax rebate. And that was it. That's all he did. He never really talked about where he was going to go with that, what kind of relief he was going to provide to the California people. He just said, hey, that's it. That's my idea. And then he kind of forgot about it. Meanwhile, gas is getting more and more expensive. I'm sure all of you are seeing it every single day that you drive by a gas station. Um, you see that the prices are going up. I'm shocked that I keep seeing the prices go up a couple cents, a couple cents. Before you know it, it was, you know, it was five fifty not too long ago. Now, all of a sudden, it's easily cresting $6 in a lot of places here in San Diego. Uh, it just doesn't seem to stop. It doesn't seem to be going down. He's not spearheading the effort he's not getting his party in line he's not worried about it he doesn't seem to really care about the fact that gas is really harming a lot of californians of all socioeconomic status he doesn't really seem to care about that that's not his 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 problem um but his his big issue seems to be sort of being the counterweight to florida and Texas, more Florida, I think, a little bit of Texas, but more for Florida and Texas. Um, more, most recently, and this is something that you can connect the dots. So a lot of what you can see Gavin Newsom, Gavin Noodles is doing is whatever Florida is doing, expect California to be not that far behind with some sort of statist agenda where he wants to be the counterbalance and just do the complete opposite of it. For example, uh, this is an article from the Palm Beach Post, and it talks about the abortion bill that's making its way through the Florida legislature that's 
on its way to uh, Governor DeSantis. I don't know if someone can let me know in the chat if he's actually signed this, uh, because this was you know, several days ago that this was posted. It says, Governor DeSantis expects to sign a bill that bans abortions in Florida after 15 weeks, which will create the state's most restrictive abortion regulations since the U.S. Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision established abortion as a constitutional right in 1973. The Florida legislature approved the Fetal and Infant Mortality Reduction Act on a party line vote March 3rd. What does this mean for pregnant women or pregnant people? Why they say pregnant people? And I just automatically said pregnant women. Um, wow. Okay. The Palm Beach Post. Uh, I didn't know other people could get pregnant outside of women. It's pregnant women. Women get pregnant. Um, let's let's not let's call a spade a spade here. Women get pregnant biologically. You know. In the words of Dr. Fauci, make sure we follow the science. Here's what you need to know. It redefines gestation from between fertilization and birth to, as calculated from the first day of the pregnant woman's last menstrual period, it changes the legal period abortion from before the third trimester uh, to the gestational age of 15 weeks. Abortions are completely banned after that time unless two physicians certify in writing that in reasonable medical judgment, terminating the pregnancy is necessary to save the pregnant woman's life or avert a serious risk of substantial and irreversible physical impairment of a major bodily function of the woman, other than physiological, right? So this has been going on. This is what's been making its way through the Florida legislature. It's been making its way um, to his desk. I don't know. It probably has already gotten to his desk. He's probably already signed it. So in classic noodles fashion, not really focusing on what's important, he tweeted out, I'm trying to find the tweet because I got to jump around a little bit. He tweeted out about how he signed into law. Uh, let's see. California's eliminate out-of-pocket costs for abortion services. Ensuring cost is not a barrier to accessing care. As states attempt to move us backwards by restricting fundamental reproductive rights, California continues to protect and advance reproductive freedom for all. And this was 14 hours ago. And his wife says, in the face of nationwide attacks on reproductive rights, California has taken action to improve access to reproductive care by removing costly barriers. Thankful to Senator Gonzalez, California Women's Caucus, uh, for working to ensure all pregnant people, again, with this pregnant people, it's not, uh, she's she's just parodying this this new trend of like language, like word soup. Like it's not, there's no pregnant people. For all the mothers who are watching right now, did would you have liked to be referred to as a pregnant person like you're a pregnant person or would you have liked to be known as a pregnant woman um again this is the issue with them changing language pregnant people are able to access the health care they need i mean that we could probably do a whole show on this whole like destruction of like the, with the trans movement and and the destruction of what it means to feel like a, or be like a woman or be a woman um but where that's not the point of today's episode um, so this bill goes much further and I was reading a little bit more about what it does, but as you can see, before we get into that, can you see that it was a direct correlation of governor DeSantis did something. Gavin Newsom feels like he has to do something. So it like rushed through as fast as possible. Um, isn't pregnant someone says isn't pregnant woman redundant um yeah it sort of is but i guess it has to be specified now as strange as that is because it used to be 
we just all assumed if you're pregnant, you are a woman. But now I guess you can be pregnant persons. Um, so in this bill, new language added to AB 223, that's AB 223, last week revealed the disturbing intent of the bill. The proposed legislation would shield a mother from civil and criminal charges for any actions or omissions related to her pregnancy, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death. Um, perinatal death means after birth. So that's what it means. It means the baby's been born, it is out in the world, and now they are allowing or they're, they're not going to go after people who assist with these perinatal deaths. Um, although definitions of perinatal death vary, all of them include the demise of newborn seven days or more after birth. The bill from Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, a Democrat from Berkeley, no shocker there, also protects anyone who quotes aids or assists a preg a, again a, a pregnant person in exercising. It's not a pregnant person. There's no such thing as a pregnant person. It's a pregnant woman. Um, God, they just they they fall into these like they, they it's crazy. They fall into these like language things, and it's just like they just use this language. A pregnant person. It's not a pregnant person. And then these are the people telling you to follow the science. Men can't get pregnant. That's men don't have fallopian tubes. We don't have ovaries. That's the bottom line. Anyway. Um, it allows a woman to sue any police department or legal authority which arrests or charges her for hurting or killing her child under provisions of the bill. Quote, for years, pro-life advocates have argued there is no moral difference between ending a child's life days before death or days after birth. California's pro-abortion legislators now seemingly agree, said Jonathan Keller, president of the California Family Council. A political culture that justifies killing millions of children in the womb is now declaring open season on unwanted newborns. Every Californian must oppose this heinous bill. Newsom formed the, quote, for Future of Abortion Council last year in an effort to turn California into a, quote, sanctuary state for the procedure. Organizers listed AB 223 as part of the, their legislation package, implementing a 45-point plan to expand and protect access to abortion in California. Uh, a few weeks ago, Maryland introduced a bill that decriminalizes neglecting newborns to death using the same perinatal death though the bill hearing was canceled. In 2019, Virginia Governor Gal Ralph Northam was widely condemned for a radio interview asserting doctors could decide allow to allow children to die after birth if that's what the mother and the family desired. Um, the first stop for AB 223 is the Assembly Judiciary Committee, though legislators have yet to announce a hearing date. Uh, the following legal experts, all based in California asserted that AB 223 would essentially legalize infanticide. AB 223 is not only a pro-abortion bill. It removes all civil and criminal penalties for killing babies born alive under any circumstances. The bill expressly authorizes any person to facilitate late-term abortions and infanticide without legal repercussions. Life Legal condemns the use of euphemisms like, quote, personal reproductive decisions and reproductive justice, to justify and encourage the killing of babies in and outside of the womb. Uh, let's see, it goes on to say, AB 223 seeks to legalize the killing of babies in California after birth. Depending on how the term perinatal is interpreted by the courts, this bill legalizes the infanticide of children several weeks after their birth and possibly as late as their first birthday. If this barbaric bill is enacted, there will be no criminal or civil liability for the mother of those who assist her with the killing of her baby post-birth. So, 
awful bill. Yeah, it's awful, awful, awful bill. I, I don't know when this trend came out that they can now allow for post-birth abortions. So murder, that's murder. I mean, I mean, it's always, it's just, it's gotten to this point where it's gotten out of hand and I don't know why they push this to be this far. Um, but the important thing that we're talking about here is notice the dark contrast between that and what's going on in Florida. So you have Florida's abortion bill, which criminalize or makes it illegal to get an abortion after 15 weeks. This bill is the complete opposite. It allows you to almost abort your child almost. It seems like for many weeks after you give birth to the child. So it's the complete photo negative of what Florida is doing. And you have the office of the governor is now signing executive orders to make it less costly to get abortions. So they're using what Florida is doing and they are trying to do the complete opposite. And it doesn't stop there. Uh, It doesn't stop there because everyone has been talking about this bill that passed the don't the don't say gay which was not what it was called it was a democratic talking point that the media then parroted forever and ever and ever um the don't say gay bill we'll just call it that because it's that's what everybody knows it as um now well now i'm guilty of parroting it it's the florida bill that doesn't allow for class education of sex education to children k through third grade is that what it is third or, or even higher um But anyway, you had this bill, which then the media and the left took up as you're not allowed to reaffirm the rights of the LGBT community and it's don't say gay. And they took it and they completely perverted what the point of the bill was. And they ran it and ran it and ran it and they got their talking points and they put up billboards and they put up all this stuff. And now you had all these people who were posting that they were saying, you know, you had people like Mark Hamill who were just going like gay, 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 which is not what the point of the bill was. The point of the bill was, um, Tim Pool put it best. You could say it's also called the don't say straight bill. It's actually the don't straight say straight bill either because you can't talk about any sexuality. It's not you can't talk about gay. You didn't you obviously didn't read the bill. If you think it literally says you can't say gay, it says you can't talk about any sexuality. It could be say don't say straight. It's the don't say bi bill. It's not, it's, you can't say any of that stuff because you should, in my opinion, you shouldn't, I don't know why this is not a bipartisan issue that you are, why are people obsessed with teaching kids sex education? I mean, it's a disturbing trend. I don't understand why more people are just like, yeah, let's just, can we put the line at like, we don't teach kids sex education um, kindergartners don't need to be learning sex education. They don't need to be talked to about that stuff. Um, but yeah, so this big controversial bill, um, this big controversial bill that got all the media, got all, it got signed into law, obviously, you know, Governor DeSantis support it. And now everybody's freaking out over it. So as a result Gavin Newsom tweeted this out. Let's see. He tweeted this out. Do, 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 do. Let me find this. Um, this was 17 hours ago. Disney employees are doing the right thing today. Staying up for their LGBTQ colleagues against the Florida's GOP's hateful attacks. 
again, the bill does not say don't say gay. It doesn't say don't say lesbian. It just don't say anything. Don't teach kids sex ed. Don't teach these young children any sex education. Um, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta sneeze. I'm sorry. Maybe the allergies. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry if I blew your ears out or something like that. God bless you. Woo! I had those horrible allergies last week, and I finally got over them. Let me take a sip of coffee. Uh, today's roast is uh, Silencer Smooth. I don't get sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee, um, but if they want to come knocking, I, I wouldn't say no. Uh, he, yeah, so he tweeted, Disney employees are doing the right thing today, standing up to their LGBT colleagues against the Florida's GOP's hateful attacks. California stands with them. And then he tweeted earlier than that. He tweeted at the CEO of Disney. He said, Disney, the door is open to bring those jobs back to California, the state that actually represents the values of the, your workers. Um, so they've now made it an even bigger issue that it's for some reason this one bill is some sort of anti-LGBT movement in Florida that you can't say gay. But again, it doesn't. It's the don't say straight bill. It's the don't say buy builds that don't say anything it's just don't teach children sex ed without their parental you know the parents shouldn't really be parents should be involved in these decisions and teaching kindergartners sex ed is is not what i don't think teachers should be doing why well, I, I i i'm still trying to wrap my head around this i'm still trying to figure out why we think this is such a contentious issue but that could be for another day so as a response now, woke Disney staff stage walkout over firm slow response to Florida's don't say gay bill, despite CEO Bob Chapek vowing to produce more gay content for kids. I don't why that needs to happen. I don't know, but I guess that's a thing. Disney employees walked out of the company's headquarters on Tuesday to protest the slow response to Florida's don't say gay bill as parents push back against the company's last-minute attempts to shield itself from criticism that's not doing enough to support the LGBT community. Uh, in a town hall meeting on Monday, CEO Bob Chepek said the entertainment behemoth would put together a task force to ensure that more LGBTQ awareness content is available for children. On Friday, reports emerged that Disney was reinstating a kissing scene between two women in the upcoming Toy Story spinoff Lightyear. After Pixar employees accused the parent company of cutting gay characters from the film. It's not Disney's place to play politics. Buzz Lightyear doesn't need gay characters. It needs a good story, good performances, and to answer archetypal questions. Twitter user Rage Quit Sco responded, If the inclusion of gay characters does that, I'll show it to my kids. But it's not just far-left propaganda. But it not if it's just far-left propaganda. Uh, another user wrote, This is one Disney story that my child will never see. On Tuesday, dozens of employees marched outside of Disney headquarters in Burbank, California, chanting Say Gay as part of a full day of walkouts across the company's theme parks and offices. Florida's bill would ban the teaching of lessons on sexuality, gender identity, and sexual orientation in a manner that is not age-appropriate. Disney expressed support for the walkouts in a Facebook post Tuesday morning, a day after Chepek said he regretted not taking a stance against the bill earlier. Right. So, I guess there was a I, you know, I guess there was a big deal about Pixar and Buzz Lightyear movie. This is what it's come to. 
So article goes on, article goes on, article goes on. Anyway, the point of this is, is you're starting to see now we have two polar opposites. And quite fittingly, it's actually funny that they're on the polar opposite sides of the country. You literally have them on opposite sides of the country. You have Florida, which is in a way leading the way for uh, the more Republican agenda. And a lot of people seem to really appreciate what Governor DeSantis is doing. He's taking on these issues. He's diving into the culture war. He is taking on these tough issues and and running into them headlong and not really care. He's just going, this is what is right and this is what we should be doing. And in a way, he's actually, as we've talked about on this show, he is setting the narrative and he's framing the argument. And it's, it's an uphill battle, that's for sure. And he's called out the media a lot because the media has taken a lot of this and twisted it, as you can see in these articles. Um, you can see that the media is trying to reframe the argument that Ron DeSantis is actually putting out there, which is we shouldn't be teaching kids sex education if it's not age appropriate. And I think if you went to a lot of people and said, hey, do you want me to teach your kindergartner about sex? And they'd say, I don't want you talking to my kid, my kindergartner. Why don't you teach him how to like draw or put blocks up or something like that? It's like, oh, okay. Most people would, I would uh, venture to say a vast majority of Americans would answer that question in the negative and say, I don't want you to teach my kindergartner to about sex. Now, the problem is the media couldn't deal with that, so they had to try and reframe the argument to say, well, it's the don't say gay bill, it's the don't say this bill, is that it? And, and it, it just, it, you know, give them credit, they, they were able to rebrand it a little bit, but because of the controversy, a lot of people were looking into it now, and I think a lot of people, after they look into it, go, yeah, I agree, I don't think you should be teaching my kid sex. Now, it's obviously something they're running with because they're trying to stop what he's doing, which is framing the argument. Um, and Ron DeSantis has done a great job of framing the argument. He's done a great job of putting his argument out there and making other people argue in his terms. And he's a great, I mean, he's a former Navy Jack. He's very smart. Um, so obviously he understands how to, to argue with people and the debate and how to kind of win these arguments. And he's putting these arguments out there and people are kind of getting, they're kind of getting busted up about it. And a lot of people are looking at Ron DeSantis going, this guy just gets it. He just knows what he's doing. Um, likewise, Gavin Newsom has enough problems on his plate right now. Like Noodles has enough pl- problems on his plate here in California. He shouldn't be really be worried about what Ron DeSantis is doing because Ron DeSantis is doing a great job over in Florida. They haven't had any as much problems. Economy's booming. The housing market's booming. Obviously, people are moving to Florida in droves because they they love what he stands for, and they love the culture over there. People are leaving California in record numbers. We lost a congressional seat because of it, which is a huge ordeal, and we continue to lose a lot of people every single day, every single month. More and more people are moving out of California. There is a net negative of people moving into California as opposed to people who are moving out of California. Um, so Noodles has a lot of stuff on his plate. And he decided that he's going to jump into national politics and argue or make this big deal about, one, abortions and how he's going to back basically unrestricted abortion up until killing infants after they are born and 
two, he's obviously trying to rally and rile a lot of people up when it comes to this don't say gay bill, which is not what it's called. It's not called the don't say gay bill. That's the clever name they gave it and trying to rile a lot of his supporters up to push the agenda and change the narrative. But why is Newsom or why is he not focused on what's really going on? I mean, his state of the state was pathetic. We talked about it. It was 17 minutes long, which is utterly like it's utterly pathetic for a man who is facing so many problems here in California. He couldn't even find a half an hour of things to talk about. I mean, I'm a guy with a microphone in my home office. I have more stuff to say about California in an hour than Gavin Newsom had in a half an hour, and he couldn't even get to a half an hour. He could only get to 17 minutes because that's all he could really come up with. He couldn't come up with any substantial substantive solutions. He couldn't come up with any real solutions. He basically just gave out platitudes and talked about how California is this, you know, it's the California way, and California does this, and, and, and he does this, and, um, yeah, you know, this is basically saying, you know, the California way is the way to go and look at how successful we are. But he doesn't address that there's a lot of issues going on here in California. And he never even talked about it. He never even talked about the homelessness and his homeless court idea. He briefly mentioned the tax rebate idea, which was lacking on specificity. And people were just kind of walking away going, so a tax rebate means I have to apply for taxes or am I going to get tax rebates? Like how's this going to work? He hasn't really fought more on that issue. Um, he talked a lot about how California supposedly did better because with COVID because of our high vaccination rate, which is debatable because you can look at California versus Florida or other States that weren't as strict and they're really negligible differences within a couple of points. It's not like California did way better. It's not like California only had, I don't know, like a thousand deaths from COVID and Florida had like a hundred thousand deaths. And you can say, oh, well, there's a hundred percent, you know, there's a hundred times many people dead in Florida than there are in California. He can't say that. It's not that big of a difference. Um, but I think the big thing is, and I think a lot of people have already picked up on what, what I'm getting at here. Why is Gavin Newsom, why is Noodles so focused on Florida? Is because I think that setting up the, the uh, Ron DeSantis versus Governor Newsom are both vying to become president. And that's obvious. That's very obvious. Now, take out the Trump factor. There's obviously Trump is setting himself up for 2024. We all know that he's got more money. Then uh, I think it was they said Ron DeSantis and Trump have more money in their packs than the RNC and the DNC combined. Um, so he said he's secretly crushing on DeSantis. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's just obsessed with Ron DeSantis. Um, but I think they're they're actually setting up their two possible presidential runs, and the reason I think Gavin Newsom has to run probably this cycle. Um, if he doesn't run this cycle, he's definitely going to run in 2028 because he will have just completed being, it'll actually line up perfectly for him that in 2026, he will be done with his second term. Um, he can say, I, I've just gotten done being the governor of California for two successive, two successive terms. Um, and here we go. I'm, I'm done. And 
at that point, it may line up that you actually have Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom facing off against each other. Because even if, let's say, if Biden rewon, excuse me, even if Biden rewon and was reelected, or if Trump won, that's it. That's their only term. They're termed out after that. It would line up that those two would go against each other in 2028. And that's probably what they're setting up for each other. Maybe he wants to remain governor for a little bit longer. Maybe he wants to get through his second term. Um, maybe they figure they'll retake Congress and just kind of be in a stalemate for the next several years. Uh, maybe they assume Trump's going to re- win re-election and it'll be Trump to Ron DeSantis. But either way, they both line up quite perfectly for presidential runs in 2028. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it sooner. There's been speculation that Gavin Newsom might run sooner than that if Joe Biden can't make it across the finish line and make it past his first term, which a lot of people are saying he won't be able to make it past his first term because of the way his health and it just looks like he's barely through his first couple of years and he's already losing it. Uh, I mean, well, he was kind of losing it before. He was already kind of a, a, a mush head anyway. Um, so it would work out perfectly if they both served their second term as governor, continued to trade jabs back and forth, and then in 2028 run for president. So these are the things that our governor is obviously concerned about. Now, the big difference is, is that Noodles is reacting to what Florida is doing because it's a national issue and he thinks that's the way to do it. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is actually doing stuff on the ground and helping get legislation through that changes Florida, that affects Florida, that positively impacts Florida. Meanwhile, here in California, it's not the same thing uh, that is happening. And more, he's more fa- focused on what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, not what's happening here in California. He's not passing the laws that are really helping Californians. He's not providing any relief. Meanwhile, you have Ron DeSantis is doing who's doing his thing over in Florida. Um, so yeah, that's my theory. That's my theory. Let me know what you think in the chat. I'll open it up now for people who have questions or comments. Um, is Ron DeSantis from Florida? I actually don't know if he's actually from Florida. That's a good question. Uh, I'll open it up for chats and questions. People had some other questions that we want to get to. Um, but I, that's what I think. I think it lines up perfectly that you'll probably have a noodles DeSantis run in 2028 and they will both just finish their second terms it will free them up so that it's 2026 it's absolutely perfect timing or yeah it'll be 2026 they can free it up they can literally start running for president running in the primary and away we go it's going to be Newsom versus governor DeSantis um who knows what the world will look like in 2028 it seems like everything is changing so fast uh, who knows what the heck is going to what what we're going to look like in 2028 is going to be completely different. Um, so let me get your questions. I'm going to take a sip of coffee real quick. Um, do, 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 do. If you hear that snoring in the background, it's our Frenchie Winnie in the background joining in on well she's not really joining in on the podcast she's just kind of sleeping you know she's she's got she's got a lot of sleep guys you know sweet mug yeah thank you for the and like i said i did um 
I did update it, so you can't really see it on the camera. Um, but the lettering pops a little bit more. I changed the color so it does pop a little bit more. And that way kind of jumps off the black a little bit. Um, do, 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 do. Everyone's talking about DeSantis being the Florida governor. Um, someone asked about what are we doing about who's voting for governor? I don't know. I, I You know, I think it's going to be... Um, I don't like I already said, I already called the race for Gavin Newsom based on the, the names that I see. I know that caused a lot of agita and a lot of people were very upset about that. But, um, you know, the numbers don't lie. Uh, it, it is interesting. I just saw some of the updated delegates. Um, somehow Major Williams got eight. So whoever those knuckleheads are who actually are supporting Major Williams, uh, I'd like to have a word with you because um, do you know who you are supporting? And you've thrown away your delegate vote. It's not easy. You got to be appointed to be a delegate in the Republican Party. So those people who, um, who are behind Major Williams, uh, so I don't know. But it does look like um, <laughs> my daughter wants a mug. This whole merch thing is getting expensive. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, he has eight. He has nineteen. Now nineteen. Knuckleheads are supporting Major Williams in the Republican Party. 19 delegates. Um, Major Williams money. Uh, I did see, and this is probably the interesting thing, is uh, that Anthony Tremino has, and I know a lot of people who follow this page are big fans. Inflation is to blame. Is inflation inflating his delegate numbers? Maybe. Um, Anthony Tremino has broken through the 200 delegate number. So that does create an issue in the Republican party that Tremino is catching up to Brian Dolly. Um, and he is the outsider candidate. So, and I, I will say it like, it could be very interesting to see if an Anthony Tremino gets the nod. And the reason I say that is because I think it'd be interesting to see if an Anthony Tremino gets the nod and actually runs against Gavin Newsom because he'd be an outsider because he's a businessman. Um, and it would just be different. I think Brian Dolly would not bring a lot to the table outside of just being that red meat Republican that, you know, 25% or 20% of the people um, could get behind. But I think you know, it, I, I think I'm a big fan. I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of these blueprint candidates that we need to run candidates that are different. And sometimes they're not going to win, but you get a lot of information from those runs and from those candidacies. Um, and you can start to see like, oh, did this work? Oh, this worked. Like, you never know. It's like you just got to do things until you try it out and, and figure it out. It's an expensive way to do it. But hey, if it, he's an outsider, he's a businessman. Um, obviously, he's got the Latino thing going for him. He's Cuban, um, so you know he has the the great story of his. I think his, his grandparents came from Cuba, um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I think there will be more of a grassroots versus the establishment kind of face off. It may be sort of a John Cox Travis Allen. If you guys remember back that far, that was twenty eighteen. Travis Allen versus John Cox. Travis Allen was the grassroots candidate, and he had a lot of grassroots support, and a lot of people got behind him. Um, John Cox had the money. He, he was the establishment guy. And I can tell you the excitement was behind Travis Allen. 
So we'll see. Maybe try maybe Tremino is able to get that grassroots. Maybe they're like, hey, he's he's pulling up. Maybe he'll be able to do it. But you know, it, it is interesting that he did get past that two hundred threshold. So got a lot of work to do. Still got a lot of work to do. I mean, primary's coming up. How many months he's got to really push forward? A lot of name recognition. But again, I think here in Southern California, Tremino's done a better job with name recognition. Up in Northern California, Brian Dahlia has more name recognition. So we shall see. Somebody asked, what is my thoughts on the SCOTUS hearing? Um, you know, with this one, I, I, I know that she's going to pass. I've seen the sound bites and I see all this stuff and I see people, uh, you know, posting Ted Cruz and Marsha Blackburn, all that stuff. Um, She's going to pass. She's going to get through. She's going to be on the bench. It's not going to shift power because she's taking over from Breyer, who is already on the left side of the court. So it's not really going to shift power. It wasn't like Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was a big fight uh, or Amy Coney Barrett because Kavanaugh was a big fight because it, it, it shifted more power. Um, because Anthony Kennedy, it was, I'm trying to remember, it was Scalia passes away. They appoint Gorsuch. Great pick. Um, Gorsuch has been fantastic on a lot of constitutional issues. Uh, Anthony Kennedy steps down and then he was the swing vote. So he was very moderate. So that was the big balance of power. That's why they probably let Gorsuch go. They didn't really put up a fight with Gorsuch because they replaced Scalia with Gorsuch. The balance of power shifted when you took Kavanaugh to replace Kennedy because Kennedy was the swing vote that now all of a sudden it was more of a conservative court. And then when obviously it was a huge fight when uh, Ruth Bader, the notorious RBG, Ginsburg passed away and then you replace her with Amy Coney Barrett. Now you've got two up on the other side. That's a big swing in power. Um, so that's why I'm not really worried about this one. They'll get her on. She'll be voted on. It'll be a, a big thing. And um That'll be it. It's not going to change the balance of power um, necessarily. It's not like they're they're chipping into the the originalist side of the court. Um, but you know, I've only seen a couple of things. I'm not really in, in. You know, I'm not watching it like as intently as I was like Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, just because it's not as consequential. Like she's going to take over and she's going to do her part, and she'll line up with Kagan and and Sotomayor. And Sotomayor, I heard is. She, If she has health problems and she wants to step down, I would assume she'd want to step down now when uh, Biden could appoint somebody else. But it was interesting. I was reading how they asked her one question uh, that did she know that back in 2003, I think it was around that time, when uh, Joe Biden was still just a senator, just a baby senator. Well, he wasn't a baby senator. He was just a senator. He'd been in Senate for decades at that point. Uh, if she knew that he had filibustered the first or a prior pick to a circuit court, which was Janice Brown Rogers. Janice Brown Rogers is actually a California, former California Supreme Court, and she's very conservative. Almost to the point she's almost very libertarian. Like, she doesn't believe in a lot of, like, um, she believes in more laissez-faire economics. Uh, very, like, she thinks you should really, the government should stay out of a lot of things. Uh, so almost very libertarian in a way. And she was blocked by Joe Biden, not once, but twice. He filibustered twice to get to the circuit court. 
because of her politics, because she was very conservative. And she would have been, I think, the first black female on that court at that time. Uh, But now, all of a sudden, in a quick reversal, she's been nominated by Joe Biden for the D.C. Circuit Court, which they're all like, oh, we're going to get her, you know, we're going to see if we can get her on as fast as possible. It's like, well, now, all of a sudden, you want to make sure you get her on to rectify the sins or whatever you did last time. Uh, But it's very interesting. Janice Brown Rogers, I saw her speak um, at a a event, a a lawyer event, a couple of years ago. She's very good. She's very... She's on she's on the ball. She's very quick. Um, but look her up. Look up Janice Brown Rogers. All right, we got about ten minutes left. Um any more questions or comments or stuff you want to talk about, stuff that I didn't go over, stuff that that's the point of coffee in California politics, is that this is a interactive uh platform where you bring up something and then I talk about something and then we kind of go back and forth. Yeah, tomorrow night is going to be, uh, we're going to go over the the L.A. Yeah, tomorrow night we're going to go over the L.A. mayoral race. You took the words right out of my mouth. L.A. mayoral race we're going to talk about tomorrow night. We're going to pull out some clips and we're going to discuss it and see who had good answers. It's, It's an hour and 30, so... Uh, you know, you're you're welcome for sitting through an hour thirty minutes of Democrats yelling at each other. <laughs> Oscars is coming up, so be ready for speeches. Do I think a lot of these horrible bills will go through? Uh, it's tough to say. I, I you know, there's a lot of bills last year that didn't make its way through. Um, a lot of them are the Richard Pan bills because he's termed out, so he's just shoving a lot of bills in because he can do so and he has no ramifications. He's not going to face re-election, so he can just do it. Um, do you think the homeowner's tax exemption on 200000 k will get on the ballot? I hadn't heard of that. That's a proposition. See, Winnie has an opinion, too. She she thinks that it might get on the ballot. Um, or maybe she's upset about the tax exemption on 200000 Is Ricky Gervais hosting again? Only way I'd watch. He used to host the Golden Globes. That was his big thing. He never hosted the Oscars. He was too he was too rough around the edges for the Oscar. Uh, is the vaccine mandate for all students in California set in stone for the next school year? They seem to be dropping a lot of it all over the place. And the mask mandate, I know, is coming off in a lot of places. So a lot of this is backing off. I don't know if this is backing off because it's an election year or because they just want to change the the narrative. Um, they want to move past COVID. And it's kind of been funny to watch Dr. Fauci try and get back on the, the news networks. There's actually a funny Freedom Tunes recently. If you ever follow Freedom Tunes, uh, he's very funny. Uh, Seamus, Seamus Coughlin. Coughlin. Seamus Coughlin. He, he writes them. He's a very funny guy. Um he just released a video making fun of the fact that like Dr. Fauci has been like calling and calling MSNBC again and they won't like take his calls anymore. And he's just kind of really getting upset. It's kind of like a jaded ex. Like he just, he's like, nobody ever calls me. Like nobody ever wants to hear about the science anymore. It's funny. Cause he just kind of disappeared. Like Fauci has gone. Like nobody really talks about him. And now all of a sudden he's, 
coming back and he's like, oh, there's this new variant. It's called the BA variant and it's coming. So be scared. And we have to wear masks again. And a lot of people are like, nah, no. Although it was funny watching um, the doctor uh, call me. Yeah. This is Dr. Fauci. I haven't heard from you in a while. Please call me. Um, it's been funny watching like uh, Dr. Lena Wang, the CNN doctor, who not too long ago was talking about how we had to make it as uncomfortable as possible for the unvaccinated to live. Like basically, she's like, we have to hold. She was like one step away from we just got to hold them down and we're just going to. We're just going to hold them down. We're just going to vaccinate them. But now all of a sudden she came out with a tweet, which you look at and go, is this the same lady? Did someone, she must've been hacked because she said something about how, what's your, what's our policy? Like it's never going to be COVID zero. So at what point do we accept? Like, it's going to be like, it's going to be here. There's going to be a risk, but we have to sort of go back. We have to go back to normal. Like we can't keep masking up. Can't mask up forever. Like, basically, we have to move on with our lives. And it's funny because in her comments, she was destroyed by people who follow her, probably because she's been the queen of harsh restrictions for a better part of two years. And now all of a sudden she's coming out and going, uh, no, actually, I think we have to kind of like ease off restrictions and move on with our lives and like not keep going back and forth because it's not going to keep working. I think that's also part of her belief that if we keep going back and forth, it kind of reduces the severity of when something really happens. It's kind of like if you keep calling people racist when they're not racist, sooner or later, we won't know when the real racists show up. Um, but that's sort of her philosophy. So it's, um, it's been interesting to see them do the about turn and her getting absolutely destroyed by her own comments and people just being like, you should have your medical license removed. And, um, you shouldn't be on CNN anymore. And like, you're a quack and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, boy, how fast they turn on you. She's just by speaking the truth. Uh, California's dropping the vax mandates for indoor events. April 1st. Is it a cruel April fool's joke? Um, possibly they could at the last minute on April fool's go. <laughs> just kidding. We're not dropping any vax mandates. We're kidding. Um, yep. Once the elites are feeling inconvenienced, the rules change. Um, the funny thing is, I don't think the elites ever got inconvenienced by COVID. I mean, does anybody really think that the elites got inconvenienced by COVID? I mean, we had the most famous example that sent ripples and, and shockwaves throughout the nation was the infamous French laundry incident. I mean, that, that was noodles, like, basically stuck his foot in his mouth because he's at the French laundry when most of California could not go inside and he was in there without a mask on. And then they spent what? $15,000 on the, on the, the bar tab. And it was hosted by an oil and gas lobbyist, his best friend, Jason Kinney, which nobody ever talks about. He's like the secret guy in the background. Look up Jason Kinney, Jason Kinney, which is K I N N E Y. Look up Gavin Newsom, Jason Kinney. Um, and you'll see a lot of Stuff So for him being as greeny as he thinks he is, he's really close. One of his best friends is a, a big oil and gas lobbyist um, on oh, the Super Bowl suite. So he does a lot of things that are like, you know, let them eat cake. That's where I really came up with the the, sh the shirt 
the elites hate you because in reality they do hate you. They don't really care about your convenience as long as um, they they live their lives. You know, they all talked about, oh, we're in this together as they're tweeting this from their 30,000 square foot mansion, which has an indoor gym and a pool and sauna and home theater. And like, you never have to leave. And you're, you know, you have a stay in like nanny and housekeeper and cook and all that stuff. And like, were they really inconvenienced? No, of course they weren't inconvenienced. Maybe they couldn't travel as much as they like to as celebrities or the elite. But at the end of the day, like, did their lives radically change? No. Did it radically change as opposed to the business owner or the restaurant owner who all of a sudden goes, holy crap, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not even allowed to open. Like, I can't even have people come into my restaurant. And my restaurant requires people to come in. Um, so as to imagine all the people. <laughs> that was... One of the most cringeworthy things when they did the Imagine video and they were all off key and they were like, Imagine all the people. It's like, it was just so cringe. And they were like, Oh, we're all in this together. Stay in, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the elites were ever inconvenienced, to be completely honest. So the elites loved the lockdowns because we weren't in the way of whatever they wanted to do. Us peasants need to give more pushback to the elites. Yeah, I think we're at a stage right now, honestly, where it really is um it really is becoming almost the conditions of like a French Revolution. There's gonna be a lot of people who feel like they're on the outside and that their their rights are being trampled and that the elites basically run everything. Um and I think we're sort of at that point now where conditions are getting worse, economic conditions are getting worse, societal conditions are getting worse, crime is getting worse, and the elites are basically talking about why can't we teach sex ed to kindergartners? And people are looking at their gas tank going, I have to decide between whether I fill up my gas tank to go to work or if I can put food on the table. And you're worried about whether or not you can teach my kindergartner sex ed like that's your big thing that's what you're really worried about um but enough people haven't woken up but again most revolutions are like big societal changes like that don't happen because the majority of people woke up it's usually because a good strong minority of the people woke up and banded together and kind of dragged the rest of uh, their community or society with them. Like the American revolution wasn't because a hundred percent of people were like, yeah, we hate the British. Like, let's get rid of them. It was deeply divided and it wasn't a hundred percent people behind the revolution. There are plenty of people who were like, I don't want to fight a revolution. I'm fine being under the British yoke. I don't care. Uh, but we'll see. I think, uh, COVID was a big eye opener for a lot of people. I think COVID really kind of woke a lot of people up to, how government acts, how the elites act, how people in power act, how people abuse that power and stuff like that. Um, have to make sure any revolutions leads to freedom, not communism. So hopefully, hopefully it's, we're not, I don't think we're headed that way because they've been doing the slow burn on the, the, and I don't even think it's communism. I think it's just statism. You know, everyone calls it communism. I would say it's statism because it really is just adherence to the state 
this idea of like a totalitarian government that basically controls everything you do. That's where I think they're trying to push a lot of, uh, and that's why I think California keeps trying to push these things because they're the, the experiment, they're the laboratory for a lot of these policies. And at the end of the day, like they, they try out this stuff and they kind of, that's the Overton window. They try it out in California. If it works in California, they try and do it the rest of the country. So yeah, I think that's what the way they're, they're trying to do this, the frog in the boiling water for statism that people are just going to start accepting this idea of like the state is our God. The state is all knowing and all powerful. And if the state tells me I have to stay in my house and, and wear a mask while I sit by myself on my couch, like that's fine. They'll, they'll pump in enough entertainment, whatever the government will pay for me to have a free Netflix subscription so I can just sit at home and, and dumb my mind by watching Netflix and then give me a, a small stimulus check here and there, but people are getting conditioned and there's too many people who are accepting that the state is everything that the state is all knowing and all powerful. But I think there's a good amount of people who are kind of waking up to that and going, no, I don't think so. I, I think I liked it better when I could do what I wanted to do. No one really bothered me and that's it. And I think we're starting to see that schism. And kind of coming full circle between California and Florida, you see the polar opposites. You see California is implementing the statist policies, and you see California, or California, California is doing the statist. Florida is doing the complete opposite, which is they believe in freedom and personal choice. You do what you got to do. Like, there's a risk out there, but it's not my job as the government to tell you what to do or what not to do. You make your own choices. And a lot of people say that's stupid, and people who say it's stupid to exercise your personal liberty, that's how you should respond to them. You should respond to them by saying, so you think it's stupid to exercise personal liberty and personal freedom? That's what you're saying? You say it's stupid to exercise personal... Okay, well, the next time you want to exercise personal choice and personal liberty, then I'm just going to call you stupid because you're obviously stupid. You know, in relation to the abortion bill. Oh, you want to, uh, you know, engage in perinatal deaths of children? That's stupid. Well, it's my choice. Okay, well, your choice, it's stupid that you're exercising your personal choice. See how they can, like, figure out the language and do that? But that's the dichotomy we saw. We saw the dichotomy with California and Florida, two complete opposites. Texas was a little bit behind. Florida was really the first one out there, and that's why Florida really gets all the attention. Texas is a little bit behind. They were, like, a month or two behind, and they were like, oh, look at how popular Ron DeSantis is doing what he's doing. I guess we're going to do it, too. And no one gives any credit to poor Christy Nome. Christy Nome never did any of it. Keep in mind, Christy Nome in South Dakota never did anything from the get-go. She was never going, she never locked down her state. So credit to Christy Nome for doing what she did. She basically was like, I'm not locking down anything and I'm not going to require anything. It's not my job. So I think she was one of the few states, she might have been the only state that just basically said, we're not locking anything down. Like, do what you got to do. So I'd love to see her run you know, as VP for DeSantis or Trump, I, I think she'd be fantastic. Um, so I think a lot of people gave her grief about one thing, but whatever. When it, when push comes to shove and the chips are on the table, most people would be like, I'm, I'll go with a Trump gnome ticket or a DeSantis gnome ticket um, any day of the week. You know, so anyway, went a couple minutes over, but I did start a couple minutes later. So still got the full hour in. Uh, podcast, I don't know if it'll be tomorrow night or maybe Friday afternoon. I have a couple 
events coming up, so I'm trying to squeeze it in. Uh, but it's going to be all about the LA mayoral race and what happened and breakdown. Um, and this is one of those issues. This is one of those issues where you have, it's all Democrats running and you got to pick the best one. You got to figure out who's the best one and, you know, put your ego aside. If you're a Republican, you may have to put your ego aside and vote for a Democrat to kind of get a decent Democrat in power, um, rather than a wildly far left Democrat in power, because if you just sit out, sometimes you're, you're left with a lot worse. It's better to compromise on a moderate Democrat than get stuck with a far leftist. Take it from people here in San Diego. Don't let that happen in LA. You guys got enough problems up there in LA. You definitely don't need a farther left Democrat running your city. Um, that means the bills will pass. I don't know which bills you're referring to. There's a lot of bills that are always kind of moving around in the legislature. So uh, you're doomed here in L.A. Well, you know, you got to get involved. Check it out. Somebody see who's running and figure out who's the best one. But that's the point of tomorrow's episodes to go over it. Um, again, thank you to everybody who always tunes in, who always sits with me here on a Wednesday morning and rambles about California politics. Um, if you enjoy this, please share because it does help get the word out about this. And the more people who know about this, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Um, same thing with the audio listeners who are listening to this, spread the word about the podcast, tell your friends, you know, if they're ever like, Hey, you know what? I have this thought about California and they sound like, Oh wait, they're, they're having a thought outside of the normal narrative. Be like, hey, you should check out this guy. So that I always appreciate it. Um, thanks for all your support. Thanks for everything you do. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you later, everybody. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 